and welcome to Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In. This is episode seven. Armando Alvarez is here with Mike Quintana as usual. And today we're on location at Archbishop Coleman Carroll High School. The Bulldogs. Right on the baseball field. Oh, yeah, super nice. What we, got here, what we got here dead center, you said 380? About 380. Place looks good. Place looks great. Yeah, before, great job. before we introduce our, our guest who you heard there, we need to give some love to Sammy Love for awesome intro music. Follow him on Instagram and social media, Evo Love Music. We'll tag his handle on our Instagram post. He plays with a great cover band, Radio Stereo. I hear they have a another you know a great lead singer Liana Saronic. She's uh, she's amazing too, and he's also working on a project named Karaoke's live band karaoke. Very talented musician. Follow him. Watch his and his band. You know him and his band perform. They are local, Mike. So we we gotta we gotta go pay him a visit. We gotta go pay him a visit. And Mandito, one more thing. This is exclusive music, right? Exclusive. Ours. Just made for us. Just made for us. Super super shout out to Sammy Love. Really appreciate that. Absolutely. And then our. Or, you know, our, our, um, say our sponsors as usual, right? Diamond Dreams Baseball Academy. Diamond Dreams, we're here. We got our uh, evaluations coming up on uh, December 17th. We're going to have all our age groups go through there. We're looking to make some some teams and uh, get ready for spring 2023. Man, it's so going to be fun. Looking to register, ages uh, 2 to 10, give us a shout. And, of course, self-promotion here, Armando Alvarez, realtor. I do uh, real estate, so any... Any homes you want to buy, sell, if you're an investor, if you just want some information, hit me up and I'll take care of you. But we want to introduce our special guest. Uh, we mentioned we're here at Archbishop Coleman Carroll, the head coach of the baseball team, Steven Suarez. Welcome to Up and In. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for having us, man. This is an awesome setup. We're here set up in uh, right at home plate. You know, I feel like I'm back in my playing days. I'm here eyeing the mound. You know, ready to hit 380 down center field. Oof, got a shot. I, I had warning track power, Mike. We got a shot. We got a shot. <laughs> Listen, um, I think it was after episode one, you sent me a super long text, and I sent it to you right away. And you said, hey, um, you know, I, I really want to bear down on certain topics. Boom, boom, boom. You gave me a super long thing, super awesome. And then I remember we, we tried to set up a day, and we were like, man, you know, the week of Thanksgiving, November 22nd. And we felt like that was like so long ago. That was after yeah. episode one. And now we're here at episode seven. Finally, we're here November 22nd. How's it feel, man? Made it happen. Made it happen. <laughs> Made it happen. <laughs> um, I've always thought about doing podcasts. And I've, obviously, I don't have the time or the logistics to even get into it about hitting. Um, maybe something in the future. Something about just hitting. But, man, this is great. I want to get the word out. How I feel about just kids nowadays in, in high school baseball and 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 uh, just the mental strength that, that that they need to have and they don't have and we'll just get into it awesome. yeah and even if you don't have your podcast man you know you're welcome with us anytime any, anytime man anytime. you guys want you just anytime. mention it and, and we'll be on yeah absolutely we can do uh you know we can do a little uh you know a little hitting hitting hitting, hitting, hitting podcast one day talk about hitting you know what i mean steven baseball lifer blew up here playing in flagami uh played high school uh baseball down here you went away for college in the minors, did some coaching. All of that came with a ton of adversity along the way, okay? Uh, tell me a little bit of the adversity that you, we, because we're kind of in the same generation, faced uh, compared to what's going on nowadays. I started at Sunset High School, and I made that transition to South Miami after my sophomore year. Um, 
I, I think one of my biggest things is I think pay, uh, kids have too much say nowadays. You know, my dad back in the day was just, oh, yeah, we're going to South Miami. I said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, I give hitting lessons and I have kids and everything's like, oh, but let me see what Johnny wants to do. And I'm like, Johnny's not old enough to make these grown decisions. Like, you as a parent know what's best for your child. Your child's too young to know. So I went to South Miami. Um, ended up winning a state championship there. Nice. Um, then went off. Didn't go off yet. Backtrack. Was having a daughter my senior year. Adversity. Um, that wasn't easy. Uh, went off to college. My parents said, don't worry about it. Um, I always kept in contact with her. Everything was fine. My parents thank, thank the Lord to my dad and my parents, my mom. Amen. Um, they, they picked up the slack for me. They ended up uh, my, let my dreams keep going and went away to college in, at Lemoyne in Syracuse, New York. Played four years there, you know. Um, never seen snow in my life. <laughs> it's a lot of snow there, huh? A lot of snow. <laughs> Had never seen snow in my life. And again, another and the more adversity. You know, I never, I know we as 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 men and children, we know what our future is and what we want to do, is per, pursue our dream. And that was baseball, and that was the best best option for me. I thought was to leave at the time. You know, I think uh, BCC wanted me to go for a year, and then at the time, if I was like, come over, and I wasn't with it, I'm like, you know, I want to go somewhere where they want me from the get. And I'm not gonna wait out a year and see how I do. And what if I break something and that's it, my career is over, and I don't have that a chance at FIU or whatever. So, I took the chance and I left. You know, um, again, adversity at its best. I had never seen snow or even didn't know what it looked like. And and I was playing <laughs> snow. I was playing baseball in 30 degree weather. It's a kid from Miami. Not easy. Training indoors? Training indoors. Um, never caught a ground ball in a basketball gym. You know? <laughs> um, first time during the day, I, I got a, had a ball smoke me in the, my bottom of the lip, broke my tooth. They ended up sewing my tooth into my lip. More surgery, whatever. I was back at it a week later, like just just, just grinding like we do. Adversity. Um, exactly. <laughs> Adversity. Adversity. Man, that, thir that 30 degree temperature Jesus. that gives a whole new meaning to, oye, caliente brazo, mm -hmm. you know? For the 305, that's not for us. So. Not easy. Um, How'd I start playing? You know, more adversity. You know, kids these days have so many excuses. I don't mean to be negative at any point throughout this podcast. Um, We're just talking about adversity and the difference between back then and now. Um, I asked kids these days to get a pinch hit at bat. And it's they weren't ready, or that they give excuses that they it was just one at bat. And how did I end up playing my freshman year? My college coach would call me in the eighth inning. I'm in behind left field, warming up a guy in 25 degree weather. He screamed my name, Suarez. I'd run in my cleats, grab a bat, go into the plate, hit a single, and he'd do it two days after, and two days after, and after that, guess what's gonna happen? Suarez, you're gonna be in the lineup. And you were grateful for those little opportunities. I was grateful, and I could have bared down and said, I could have been weak-minded and said, oh, my God, it's cold. How can he possibly think I'm going to get a base hit? No. And I try to preach the same thing to my kids. You know, you got to do the best with the opportunities that are given to you. If not, sometimes that's all you're going to get. You know, you got to – It's the mind's a powerful thing. And you were you mentioned opportunities. You know, when, when you were up there in Syracuse, aside from – from the weather, from being away from your family, from your daughter, and then, you know, taking the ball in the lip and all that. Aside from that, you, you suffered a, a pretty significant injury, and you played you played through that. Correct. Uh, my coach tried to stop me from playing. He would ask me every day, are you on your meds? 
Like, give me that codeine. <laughs> I'm like, I'll probably on like two. And I'll tell them no. So I can practice. I mean, I didn't care. Now it's my job to lose. I mean, that's just the way I was. I was a grinder. I was a hustler. That's why I got as far as I got. Um, I don't regret anything I did in my life. I would never say I wish or I would have. Um, I did everything I possibly can. If not, I would have never made it as far as I did. I, I, I don't think I was. I do thank God, but I don't think I was given this God-given talent. You know, I was not. I worked for every single inch of what I what I had. I really did. No, and then um, you know we're we're gonna talk about a little bit more about the adversity and the difference between the the then you know us and now with with some kids. But you know, after college, go to the minors, play, and then you start your your coaching career. Talk about getting there, that transition, and then you know where. How it led to you now as head coach here at Archbishop Coleman Carroll? Again, another part, another adversity. So I get a phone call from the Pirates. Um, hey, why don't you come? Um, try to make a team. If you don't make the team, we'll just transition your way into coaching. I go, okay. So I get into spring training. I go into the clubhouse. I'm in the coach's clubhouse. They give me a laptop. They give me a fungal. My name's behind my back like all the coaches. <laughs> You know, day five is going. I'm like, dude, I'm not hitting BP. I'm not doing anything. My name's on the coach's list telling me to go field five and do this and do that. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm a coach. So kind of just got tricked into coaching or I don't even know what to call it. I never <laughs> never played again, which is fine with me. Um, again, more adversity. I was a grinder my whole life. I've never been, uh, like the last thing, if you ask anyone, is Stevens lazy. Never in my life. So day 15 in spring training. I mean, I'm like your straight-A student. I don't like anyone thinking bad of me. I try to do everything perfect, you know? My hitting coach, Greg Ritchie, which is one of my mentors hitting-wise. I learned a lot from him. He's now at GW, George Washington. Still talk to him to this day. He gets me at 5.30 in the morning. I show up to, to, to the ballpark. He's like, Swari, um, I got to go upstairs. I want to have a meeting. I'm like, All right. We're on the way to the elevator in Pirate City. And he's like, he's like counseling me, you know, everyone goes through this. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I show up to the meeting. It's Bannister. was in the big leagues. was the manager for the Royals at one point. My farm director, Kamari Barty, that just passed away, God willing. Um, and like two other three big guys. And my farm director just goes ham on me. Tells me I don't pick enough baseballs in the cages. I don't set up screens. I don't hit enough fungals. I'm arrogant. He just went nuts. I don't know if he was testing me. I don't do it, but I just kept my mouth shut and I said, "Okay, that'll never happen again." You know, <laughs> me as me as a coach, I'm like, "Wow, you know, I, I I was dumbfounded, but it is what it is. Adversity." Trust me, every 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 L screen was set up. Every ball was picked up. And I was hitting a million fungos that I didn't want to take a fungo away from a guy that's been in baseball for 80 years, you know. I was I was probably the youngest yeah. coach in baseball at the time. I was only like 25 years old. I was just as lost. Nothing was ever told me, hey, you're gonna no 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 no. Figure it out. Thrown into the fire. Thrown into the fire. But um but and it was great. I ended up going and and coaching with Sid Bream and and, and this wow. guy and Greg Fisher. Sid Bream. Um at a state college. We're in short A, and I learned a lot from them, too. Um, adversity only won 19 games that year. Wow. Um, and it was all about trusting the process. And, I mean, we, they ended up 
pulling through about two years later. That was the first year of the Renew regime there. I think they were going on like 17 straight losing seasons at the time. Wow. And I think wow. they ended up breaking that like two awesome. years later. You know, d- trusting in the, in the development of bosses of the minor leagues and so on. So that was uh, two years with them. Then I came back and go ahead. You guys can go on with your next question. I know you want me to keep <laughs> no, going. No, I no, can, no. I can talk about this adversity. I was, no, I, I was going in through my head. You know, yeah. you mentioned Sid Bream, um, and, and, and I remember when he went to the Braves, and he scored that game-winning run <laughs> against the Pirates, against his former team. Correct. That's like the, the vision I have with Sid vintage. Bream. That's vintage. Yeah. yeah. He's still a good friend of mine to this day. We still talk. Great guy. Um, real down-to-earth. Um, again, I, I explained to kids, and, and I don't think kids these days, again, they don't – understand when you show them things in the big leagues and, and they just don't get it. I mean, I can bring them big leaguers here and, and, and they don't just, they don't, it, it's not as, they don't feel it in the heart as much as I guess I used to, I would think. If I saw a big leaguer, I want to get a lot of things out of them. They just kind of look at them and, and I don't know if they're too cool for school or they just don't know anything. Well, what do you think? Like, what do you think, like, like sparks that? Is it the distractions? Is it the social media? media? Is it too much social media? Is it, you know what is it that 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 sparks that? I don't know. It, it, it because our generation, like, you know, I, I think about you know even like now Swing Kings, David Espinosa, you know, all, all the guys, you know, kind of like our age that we're still in the mix. Like everybody's still either coaching or or, or helping coach or volunteer coaching or they're coaching somewhere, they're a scout somewhere. Like everybody's doing something. You know what I mean? And it just seems like you know we kind of wa- it was wanted a little a little differently back then you know and we got a little siren going on there you're probably here in the background <laughs> everybody's safe here don't worry everybody's safe they're not looking for everybody's us safe we're good at least but, not that you i know, know. I, I just you know the want you know the want to me is just a little bit different you know what i mean it uh, definitely is i don't know what it is it's it, it, these kids these days are real self-centered they're really entitled and that's something society has created on its own you know there was a you know i've been thinking about this a lot there was this gap i don't know what was between us and our children, where things got a little, I don't know what happened. Because I know my, my dad didn't raise me the way they're being raised now. No way. And I think it was a gap between my daughter's age a little bit there where society just kind of changed. Things changed. Um, and I think it has to do with they, they know too much. They know too much. There's no fear in anyone. Not their parents, not their coach. Not, yeah, access not, to the web, man. It's that iPad. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I don't know you what know. it is, you know. Um, They're smart, and, man. They're smart at a young age. And they don't get it till they get to college. Because I've had a lot of kids go to college and they come back and like, wow, coach, you know, they used to tell us the same thing. I'm just trying to give them all this information before they get to college. So, but as long as they're getting it at right. one point, that's all I care about, you know. No, and that's um, that's a valid point because, you know, you see it and – and my, you know, Mike threw in the, the, the information, you know, I remember, I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in college and I used to do college radio and, and then, you know, go to, go to the games when Mike was playing at FIU. And, um, and I remember when I started in, in media, uh, somebody approached me about doing, you know, doing videos for, for recruits, you know, for college players, for high school players and all that. I turned that job down. I got a job at, at, at WQAM and then Channel 6 at the time. But but now, like, you know, kids are doing their own videos. They're doing their own thing. They put stuff on. So, you know, it's it's almost like if they're, antes de llegar a nada, before they get to anything, 
in their heads, they're already YouTube celebrities. Uh, oh, I'm on Twitter. Look at me. Like yesterday, I saw some video, some kid hitting, you know, jacks or whatever. You know, not the guy was playing, you know, a, a lower division or whatever. But he's there, like flipping the bat and all that stuff. And it's like, how, how much does that play a part? You know, people now, they're YouTube celebrities or this or that. When back then, you know, nadie no estaba viendo. Nobody, you know, aside from Nobody. a few scouts on. On, on the stands, you know, nobody was looking at it. Oh, you just mentioned something about flipping the bat. Oh, yeah, this guy Escobar went pretty hard well, in the Venezuelan league. Jesus, a little tough there. He did, he did. Um, Gave it to him. I think he was rounding first base and someone got him, right? He No, he smoked he, the guy. Oh, I, he, I, he was, I, I, I didn't. I think he was, he, was at, he was at second or yeah. first, put the glove down and, and, and okay. swung. Uh, you know, right away the people on Twitter then put up a video of him doing it when he played with Washington. Exactly, him flipping, run, him throwing him it, flipping like, the bat. You know, this is better to be humble, play the game, play the Absolutely. game hard. You know what I mean? The humbleness. The humbleness That wins. doesn't exist. But. So, so how much do you think that that plays a part, going viral, basically? Um, I mean, that puts fire. It puts a lot of fuel to the fire, you know. But I don't know. I have my mixed emotions about that. <laughs> I think if you're good, you can do it. I think. I don't even. Nah. I'm. I'm. I. It's just so. I don't know. It's a fine line. It's so. It's so accepted these days, and it's kind of the thing to do a little bit. But I think there's a fine line how much you can do it. You know. I think a flip of the bat is fine. Now, how long are you standing for, and how long are you walking for? Exactly. I think you can flip it and go about your business. Exactly. But then with the flip, with the stand, with the stare. That becomes too much. Now, question for you, Stephen. You mentioned that the one time they're still looking for us <laughs> that they that they told you, "Hey, you're not you're not doing this. We need you to hustle more, et cetera, et cetera." And you said, "Yes, took it and went and you know tried to correct whatever they were telling you." Right? You as a coach, do you see a little bit more back talk now? A little bit more disrespect from certain players, or or no? Definitely too much back yeah. talk. Someone, they just feel as if they have so much say when they haven't done anything or much. You know, um, they have a lot of opinions when sometimes their opinion really doesn't matter. You know, um, I don't think I know everything. Like I explained to them, if you have something to say, then get me after practice and ask me, hey, coach, why did you think this? Sometimes right then and there is not a moment for you to question what I'm telling you. I think you should just do as the coach says. But but playing for playing for Steven Suarez, playing for Mike Quintana, playing for Armando Avani, watching the games, seeing the way you're coaching, what you're doing, nobody's more locked in than you, Steven, when you're coaching your games. Nobody's more locked in when, than you, and you know that. But playing for Coach Steven is following his path. You know, playing for Coach Mike is, oh, you're behind me. The decisions I make, you got my back no matter what. Don't need an explanation. But listen, explanations and why – well, you want to know why most of the time you need an explanation? Because the idea you had, the kid didn't get a hit. But if the kid gets a hit or the kid makes the play, you're the man. You know, you know just let the game play out. But follow the coach always. Follow the coach always, 150%. I totally believe in that. Especially uh, it's – you tell them to do things these days and look at you kind of dumbfounded <laughs> a little bit. But sometimes I don't know the dumb being dumbfounded by them. Is it because they don't know or they think they know better? And um, there's not many – and I wish there was more fundamentals being taught in the lower levels. I think it's lost at the age of maybe 9 or 10 where everything becomes about winning in Miami. And I'm pretty anti-winning. Um, people ask me, 
you want to win. And I kind of look at them cross-eyed and I go, well, if I develop and I mentor and I work my butt off, that's going to lead to winning. Winning. A lot of people want the they want they want the cream of the crop and they want it done already not many coaches want to grind develop and make something out of what they got they want they want the finished product right away instant gratification correct um the hard part is developing and winning with something that no one could think you can win with or achieve um that's no that's nothing more is more self-gratifying than that um Yes, it's, it's great to have what they have. I would never hate. Um, sometimes people and, and organizations are just in a great point where they got to keep winning, you know, and people just gratify to them and they're going to keep going over there. And, and it is what it is. And, and I understand that. And Stephen, from the first day of fall ball to the first day of spring to your playoffs at the end of spring that wrap up the year, so many things can happen. So many things can happen, ups and downs. And that's why you got to ride the wave. You got to ride the wave. But from start to finish, there's so many emotions and so many uh, peaks and valleys. And, you know, you just got to stay strong with it. So many things happen. People get hurt. You know, um, people just don't understand the, the, longevity of it, the longevity of it, how long the season is and, and kids and parents and, and kids' feelings nowadays. And you have to cater to it all. You're, almost, you're, a, you're a baseball coach. You're a mentor. You're a psychologist. You're, you're everything. You gotta, it's, it's not easy. Um, not easy at all. And, you know, parents and, and, and coaches and other coaches, and they don't know what kids are going through, and you, you have to know everything. You have to know everything. That dictates whether the kid's going to bunt or I'm going to let him swing that day because he might be a little pissed off or a little bit butthurt <laughs> because God knows he got an F on the class or broke up with his girlfriend or God knows, and you, I, try to know everything. Right. That kind of dictates and relates to how the kid feels and how he came that day to, to play for you. Exactly. You know, it's hard for them to block it these days, and I try to give that to them. Like, this is your safe haven. Once you enter this field, you shouldn't be thinking about anything but the game. This is where your safest spot is. You're safe here. You shouldn't be thinking about anything but here when you're here. Lock in now. Don't worry about what's going to happen after. You know? Now, I could only speak for myself when I when I say this, and I'm I'm sure, you know, you guys have talked about your, your dads and you, you and other podcasts, and you're talking about your dad today. Um, I can speak for my dad. My dad used to sit... On, on in the stands, just watch the game. You wouldn't hear my dad during the game. I would maybe see him like clapping, or you know, he would tell me like, "Hey, good job," and that's about it. But it was always about respect to coaches, respect your coaches. You know, do as they say. And in school, it was the same. Do as your teachers say. You know, no, because that do as they say. You know, and that's the way I was brought up. Do you see a difference now? I mean, I know that there's always been. The parents that, that are a little bit like, oh, we'll get to coach on Saturday now. Your coach doesn't know anything. But do you see that more now than before, you know, and, and contributing to how a kid reacts than when you tell them, hey, go bunt. Oh, no, I don't want to bunt. I don't want to pinch run. I totally see it. Man, that's not, that's no, that's not hidden. Totally. They just think they have so much to say. And again, they're, they're, they don't, they're not scared of authority. They're not, they're not scared. It's, it's, it's they just think of you of, a, of another person almost. Um, I mean, I, I guess a coach kind of dictates that. They don't think that of me, but you see it. Like, there's no – I need to get mad for them to kind of see it, you know. They, they just have a lot of word. They're not – it's not bad, you know. And I, I think of it more – I think they're more mentally weak. There's, they don't have enough confidence. A lot of kids – the kids these days don't have enough confidence. 
Um, and if they do, I think it's an act a little bit sometimes if that makes any sense. They're not as, I don't think they're as confident as we were. Right. We, we, we knew. We knew when we got in that box. I knew. Yeah. I'm the guy. No one's better than me. And my dad instilled that. The fire. They don't have the fire. They don't go in there wanting. I look at that picture like, you know, Todd Helton once spoke, and he would just mother F the picture <laughs> on, on, on the way, on the way and looking at them. There's definitely a difference in a lot of kids in the way they compete. And, Correct. And the way, you know, we used to compete. You know, like I see, you know, and, and you know, the highest we go is 10U, but, you know, once we get into the kid pitch, you know, talking about kids have been playing for Betty by the year. You know, I kind of saw a little bit this weekend, you know, we're in a perfect game tournament in the semis and the other team was a little bit, you know, a little magadande. And, you know, you kind of see the kids get a little defeated. And then in the box, the kids throwing a little harder than usual. And then you see they'll be defeated after one and a half strikes, two strikes. You know what I mean? And that's one of the biggest things I see is that the folding, it, it happens a lot quicker nowadays than it did back then. I remember back then not having good days and dying to get back to Tamiami for my next game. You know what I'm saying? Bringing out the concrete tee my dad made me that always messed up my shins. Bringing it out. Bye. Bring it down. You know, the bimini tarp of the boat was our hit stop. He put it against the fence, Nina forward. I don't know. It's just, it, it, I just see it a little different. You know what I mean? It's not the same. It's it's mind-boggling, you know? Oh, my God, we're going to face And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, they sweat these guys. I'm like, you're sweating this guy? Because I used to want to face that guy. Yep. I want the yep. best guy. Because yeah. then they're going to say, Steven Suarez hit that guy exactly yeah right, you become the guy yeah. different yeah. sport but look today in the world cup saudi arabia beat argentina yes i saw that saudi That's arabia beat argentina <laughs> talk about a team that should have been out there saying like oh these guys on <laughs> a caballo we're defeated mm -hmm. no they went out <laughs> they there, went out there. That's, that's a huge that's and why, they won that's why you gotta put the shoes on put the uniform on and me that i'm a game. big boxing guy yeah. when i remember being 10 my, one of my biggest you know memories of of any boxing fight was buster douglas knocking on mike tyson and, you know, and it happens in, in baseball all the, all the time. You know, when, when Mike Redman would go up against Tom Glavin, there was no reason he should have hit four or whatever he hit against Tom Glavin, but he did. Yep, sure did. When the rest of his teammates were striking out, and, and that's something that should that should always be instilled in, you know, in, in, in kids, to go out there, no fear, do your thing, you know, because at the end of the day, you become your own worst enemy. Steven, I got a question for you. Um, one of the things that's super different about what the high school baseball than was when we played was you have now like the freshman ball and then you have like kind of the programs that lead into that a little bit. Before it was JV varsity. You kind of like were on JV freshman, sophomore year. If you were really good, you were on sophomore year. You were on varsity your sophomore year. But as a freshman, you had to be in Caballo. Um, but now there's like a lot of things that kind of like lead into, and then there's a lot of factors that happen along that line because once kids get to like what's 12U and up, like kind of like the base, the bases change, the bat regulations change, like everything changes. Like, what's the, how is it different now? I'm gonna start with everyone saying baseball in South Florida is diluted, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna blame that to the fact that there's so many schools. There's a school in every couple miles. So all the talent is spread out, you know. So so obviously we're not going to have, you know, take away all these charter schools, take away all these private schools, not all of them, but, you know, take away, you know, this school's fairly new. I think opened up in 2000. So there's so many schools, so many options kids have to go that you're not going to have, like, unless you're Westminster's, your Columbus's, you know, um, Doral's. Those are pretty much schools that are always kind of stacked and, 
All the other schools, people come, people go. You know, they have their 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 eras, but um, because there's, I think there's so many schools and places to choose from. Um, so to to tag along with that, so high school baseball pretty much starts now at seventh grade. Um, why? Schools don't want to lose players. If everyone's doing it, you have to do it. So freshman ball almost starts at seventh grade. Again, if your son is their body's big enough to handle a freshman fastball per se. You know, when I do my tryouts, I'm not going to have someone on my team that's a liability at a point. Of course. You know, you've got to be able to a seventh grade, but for sure eighth grade is called freshman ball, which is your, it's more, should be for your seventh and eighth graders that are coming into your school next year or interested in. If you don't have one, you're going to lose players. They're going to go play somewhere else and fall in love with another program. So you kind of got to get in the pipeline of the Cur- school you want to well, go to before. It's this, that's pretty correct, much the Correct. Me as a coach, I have to. I should do it. I have to do it. If not, they're going to go somewhere else and probably fall in love with another school. And I lost them. The chances of them coming here are probably shot. So um, you have to. And as a player, you start grabbing that BB core, which is the new bat you need to use, which is, which is a lot different than those drop eights and tens and fives. And the pop is totally different. You know, I would suggest already in sixth grade, you should have a BB core in your hand just to start feeling it. Just to start feeling it. You should start doing BB core. And if it's not BB core, have a wood. It's the same It's the same thing. The trajectory off the bat, they stimulate off a of wood to BB core. Basically, that's, that's where the BB core is. The trajectory, the trampoline effect is the same right. off a of wood than it is BB core. So you should be using a wood or, or, or a... Or BB core soon already going into your probably summer of sixth grade year just to start feeling it because those bats man they're 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 pretty they're they're pretty good and once you start grab that BB core in your hands it's totally different especially for your average Joe obviously you have your your superstars that it doesn't really bother because they got that hand strength and that bat speed that it really doesn't matter but your average Joes should start getting used to it you know especially with these trials at seventh eighth grade you know web already eighth grade. These kids, they, 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 they need to have that bat in their hands, get used to it. And what, are you, what do you see? Like, I mean, you know, you, you're talking about the differences, right, from when we were in high school and middle school and, and now to, you know, to the parents listening, to the kids listening. Aside from the BB core and all that, at what age should kids start hitting the weight room? Maybe the kids that, that, that want to pitch start, you know, taking that serious because, you know, I, 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 at least in – in my day, I, I saw some kids start pitching too early, and by the time they were 14, their arms done. were working out. They were done. So that's another thing down here. You need to take care of your arm. I mean, northern teams, uh, top-notch teams, they don't really want they don't want Miami, South Florida arms because we play year-round. So we're throwing year-round, especially yep. your top dogs. We reach our peak way too soon in our careers. You know, like that, mo- that, that book with Blink, Malcolm Gladwell, talks about the amount of hours where you become so successful. You know, there comes a time where you've thrown so many balls where you've reached your peak. You know, these northern arms come into college throwing 86 because they play basketball. They play football. They're not throwing you around. By their sophomore year, they're at 92, 93, 94 because they're now they're starting to throw their bodies more mature, bigger, stronger, faster. You know, our kids, all they do is throw, throw, throw all year long. You've got to take a break. Take a break and play another sport or take a break and work on your body. Miami 
kids don't work on their body. And run year-round, cardio, Correct. run year-round. You got to run, speed agility. There's so much on the internet these days. Instead of watching TikTok, they should spend more time on YouTube. And I tell my guys, YouTube a hitter. YouTube, go to Pinterest, get yourself a workout. There's a workout that you can do every single day at home. There's just so many things they can do, but they need to spend more time in their bodies. They don't spend enough time doing their bodies. They just want to go play games. It's not about playing games. They go to their hitting coaches. How many times do you go to hitting coach? Once a week. But hitting once a week with your hitting coach is not good enough. You need to go hit on your own because next week yep. you're a half an hour behind your hitting coach because you're hitting. you didn't hit after your hitting coach. Now, one thing you just mentioned now, and I've, I've been talking about it actually the last few weeks with, uh, with people, you know, not – not all social media and all that is negative, right? You know, we, we see a lot of accounts now with, you know, people teaching how to hit and all that that kids could could look at and improve. And I've had more than one person that played high school, that played college, that even played in into the pros, and, and they're saying, like, man, you know, from what we were taught growing up to what's being taught now, like the art of hitting, they're like, man, when we were kids, we were, you know, we, we were hacking the wrong way. Like, you know, now... Now it's, you know, it, it, it's so out there. It, it's being taught. You know, there, there's so many different ways to analyze the swing. How, how much of a positive impact is that having on, on hitters now? Um, I think it's great. I mean, I use social media tremendously looking at what everyone, I'm always, I always want to learn. So I'm looking at everyone. I follow a bunch of people that do hitting. Either, I don't care if you're bad or good. I want to know what the bad is teaching, but I just want an explanation why. why. Why are you teaching it that way? And I comment on their comments, and I want to know why. Everyone learns differently, you know? My, uh, Mike, if I tell Mike stay on top of the ball and I tell you get under the ball or I tell him pineapple, I tell him hot dog, it all depends on your your mind perceives Correct. it. It's not that we were taught the wrong way. I don't think we were taught the wrong way. It just worked that way back then. Now there's a lot of technology and we know a lot more, so there's different sayings we can use because we're taught with technology right. and analytics has given us a lot more information to give us different teaching points. Um, and social media has done that for us. You know, there's serve the pizza, there's stay through the ball, touch your elbows, there's finish hot. There's so many different terminology, and I try to use every single one because I don't know what how he's going to perceive it. I can tell him a 100 of them, maybe the 101 thing I tell him, oh, wow, coach, you said pineapple. So now when Mike Quintana comes to hit me, I got to tell him, remember pineapple? That's just an example. That doesn't mean, that's just, doesn't mean anything, but... You need to know how to get to your hitters absolutely, or your players. And all of those things in, in, in involve the basics, right? We have to stick to the basics, of right? Course. We got to be ready to hit. We got to see the ball early. We got to lock down. We got to keep our head through the ball. Um, so, you know. And uh, athleticism. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. A lot of this has to do with athleticism. You can have a, a beautiful swing or, you know, I hear it all the time, man, but I just can't do it in the games. And at the end of the day, I can lead, I can lead the horse to the water, but. The water needs to drink, and there's so yeah, much. Yeah, once you're in that box, you're yeah, on your own, buddy. You know, you, the, the, yep. ti the timing, recognition, your, 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 your hand-eye coordination, all that, again, is up to you and your ability to want it. As I tell, I, I tell kids and hitters, I can do so much for you. You know, at the end of the day, you got to be you. God gave you what you have, you yep. know. you you got to grind and, and figure. At the end of the day, I say figure it out a lot. because Figure I can't, out how to maximize what you got. I, yeah. I say figure it out to my guys, to my kids, because I can't, I can't teach you everything. I, I can't. I, I can, but at the end of the day, you got to figure it out. <laughs> you got to figure it out somehow to be successful. Yep. No, and, and look, the to me, the ultimate goal, obviously, for, for everybody when I was a kid, hey, you know, I want to be a major league baseball player. I want to play for the Yankees. I want to make a lot of money, right? 
switching it up now to Major League Baseball. You know, a guy that's slated to make a ton of money is Aaron Judge. You know, and, and Mike and I have been talking on the podcast for, <laughs> I think, for the entirety, right, through six episodes. Oh, yeah. Is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? What's he going to do? Um, you know, I'm like, oh, no, you know, he'll stay. And Mike's like, no, I think he's a goner and, and all that. And, and yesterday, it became all too real for me. I'm a Yankee fan. And there's video of Aaron Judge, you know, at the airport in in San Francisco, and they go up to him like, oh, you know, what are you doing? You're not visiting friends and family. Come on, you know, you, you know, he's meeting with the team today, so it, it became real. It became it became real. And in, in your opinion, Stephen, what do you think Aaron Judge is gonna do? Because somebody made a good point. They go, does Aaron Judge? I mean, fair, fair or unfair, right? Because every player is their own player, right? They were like, I think it was. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. He covers the Yankees, but. Um, he said, does Aaron Judge want to be Derek Jeter or does he want to be Robinson Cano? What do you think he's going to do? It's hard to tell these days. Um, you're not going to find many Kyle Ripkins, Derek Jeters against society today. He's going he's gonna to go where, the, where he feels the money is, I guess. It's so hard these days. It's so hard. Um, even Jeter said it, you know. I mean, look how they treated Jeter, apparently, in, yeah. on his side of the story, you know. How, how he says he probably should have. He did say that, right? He probably should have probably. And he, he stuck with it, you know. He said, no, I want to be a Yankee. But it, it's it's really, really hard. It wouldn't surprise me. It's nothing I even think about because it would not surprise me. I just, I, I'm just worried. I'm just worried about this Yankee ownership, you know. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know, Mandito. I know you're worried. You're worried. I get the oh, oh, Twitter the, post from you. I know you're worried. <laughs> Mandito's worried, guys. I'm worried, but, man. I don't know, man. Uh, this guy knows that he's the golden ticket and he can go anywhere. And like I said, what kind of money are we looking at here? 40? 42? What if somebody throws him 49? Ah, you know what? Ah, I'm going to give you eight years and the first four at 49. You can opt out after four. So many things can happen here. There's so many variables that I don't know. But... Hey, he looked cozy in, in San Fran. He, <laughs> he looked, looked happy. He looked happy. You know? Way too, way too happy for my taste, man. The old man Steinbrenner would have given him a blank check no, and yeah, gone. Done deal. What do you done. want, bro? Would have been done deal. Be it that so. And then we know we got we got more free agency coming up. You know, the Yankees have been doing due diligence on on Jacob DeGrom, Mike, and and Verlander's still out there. I think the Yankees are gonna land one of those two. Um I'm not, I don't know which one, but I mean they're gonna they're definitely gonna land one of those two. You know what I mean? That's 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 the way I see it. Um, who I rather have for the Yankees? Concern, uh, take Degrom. I like to have Degrom there. You know, keep him in New York. He's used to it, and uh, you know, give him a nice little two-year, two-year, three-year deal. He'll be in good shape. Yeah, I think uh, you know the the Yankees are also looking at a Japanese pitcher. They're looking for some help in 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 the outfield, and you know, looking looking at free agency, Stephen. Like, what do you like? Teams like the like the Yankees. We know what what they need, right? We know that they want to keep Judge. We know they need to add a pitcher. We know that they would like to add another outfielder. Maybe bring up the, the you know, the shortstops to play the middle infield. Um, you know, you spend some time with, with the Marlins organization. The Marlins being our, our hometown team, we know that Bruce Sherman is more business than, <laughs> than, uh, than winning, you know, it seems. You know, when they asked him, you know, what, what the Marlins need, he's like, well, you know, we, we send a lot of Dominicans that we're looking at. It's like, all right, great. You know, they have a lot of great Dominicans coming up through through the minors, but they also need, you know, some leadership. And I know they got skipped now. You know, they brought up uh, John Jay to coach, and, and we know that the philosophy now is going to be a little bit more more disciplined. But I think I still think that they need some, some clubhouse, you know, oomph, like they say, right, some veteran leadership. 
realistically, what do you see the Marlins doing? We know that they're not going to go after Aaron Judge or Verlander, but what do you see them bringing in? Maybe not exactly what player, but what type of player do you think would benefit this organization? I mean, I think they definitely need some some. Uh, they need a standout. They need a Harper. They need a Judge. They need a. They need a. Um, they need a big time player. I mean, every every great team has big time players. Look at the playoffs. I mean, every we ha they have big time players. Yes, we're trying to we're we're trying to we have a lot of money that I guess we're trying to they spent a lot of money at one point so they're 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 in debt so they're trying to just build from the bottom. Um, in 2015, I know we got rid of everyone. <laughs> and Everybody. We were in last place. I mean, I know the big the 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 our, one of our big bosses would come into came into town and read us an email. Um, I forgot who the, the boss was at the time. Sent him an email. Hey, why are we in last place? In every single one of our top minor league teams. And he sat with us in the office and read his response to them saying, you traded off every, or 15 out of our top 30 prospects that year. Wow. I think it was, to get, <laughs> it was to get D. Gordon and I forgot who else that year. It's like, how wow. do you expect us to win when you just demolish our whole minor league system? Yeah. Like, what are we playing with here, you know? And it's you need some big-time guys. Yes, you, building, the, building the minor leagues is not easy. And it, it's not overnight. It's not overnight. Um, it, it's a process, man. You you gotta work and you gotta bite the bullet. We've just been doing this. The Marlins. I'm just gonna say we, but the Marlins have been doing the same thing for way too many the, years. The Marlins are comfortable with what they do. They're comfortable with what their bottom line is right now. They're comfortable with the amount of fans they get in there. They're comfortable that they weren't in last place this season. Like, are they just comfortable with it? Because I keep on just repeating kind of the man, same thing over and over. And, and like you said. Dude, you gotta have a big time player or two. It's like how do you, or be, three, how do you become comfortable you know I mean? with that? Like, though, you know, because so they that's did. Thing. I don't think they're anywhere near where they need to be, man. And not in that division, they're not. They did fix their farm system, you know. In the past few years, we've seen some better pitchers come up and all that. But, but they, you know, to Steven's point, enough. they 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 lack a superstar. It's they lack somebody enough. that you. If I told you right now, like, hey, let's go to let's go to the stadium because we want to see. This, well, who, who well, you know, and it who, sucks because once again we have a, a badass ace, Sandy Alcantara. You know, you know we lost Jose Fernandez the accident, but you know we had you know this guy's and we're just gonna waste them. We're not gonna be able to do anything with. They them. have a great staff, and we wonder why people leave. They're gonna leave because they tell them this is what we're. This is, these are these are our plans. You know, you think they want to lose? Yeah, they're winners they tried at the to end sign of the Nick day. Castellanos. They tried to sign him, and there was like no plan, and I think he was like, nah. Yeah, they offered him too no. little. I mean, that team should maybe not judge. I mean, even though this guy will command a lot of money, but this team should be in play for Carlos Correa, for Cody Bellinger. Absolutely. You know, like maybe not bring judge, no, or especially bring, bring Cody these Bellinger guys. now. I mean, I think you can get Cody Bellinger now on a you know two year you know something cheap. Like I just basically got released. You know, a lot of these top dogs want to win. You know, they want to win. So how are you going to sell that? How are you as a Marlin going to sell? To these free agent guys, which we're not even going to touch, but that per se, how are you going to? What are you going to sell to them? I think their I think their selling point would be: look at our staff, but we're going to get aside from you. We're going to sign this person, this person, this person. We're going to open up our checkbooks. But when at the end of the season, they're telling me, "Oh, we're happy with Avisail Garcia and Jorge Soler," I'm like, oh, I, don't, I, think I don't think that right now, even anything. if the Marlins come and give you the dog and pony, that they're going to do this, 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 that. Uh, I don't know, man. I just don't know if people. <laughs> I just don't know if the trust is there, the people want to be there. I don't know. I think, listen, I think it's going to take a while, man. I think it's going to take a while. Takes so. a while. Takes a while. And, Stephen, look, before before we go, this, this podcast has been great, man. A lot of uh, 
a lot of good information, a lot of good, um, you know, stories about, you know, your adversity and then, you know, kids playing right now. So you're in your first year as a, as head coach here at Archbishop Coleman Carroll. Um, you know, for the people there listening, when does the season start? When they, can they come see you? And what can they expect from your team this year? Season starts in February. Uh, we'll get going full throttle. We're still in fall ball. Um, we get going in February and uh, we're building. We're building, um, teaching these kids from the ground up everything. Uh, they graduated about 13 guys last year. Um, so I have a lot of guys that are, that are new, new to varsity baseball. So I'm learning. Um, they're learning. I'm learning them. And we're going to be good. We're gonna, they're going to grind, and they're going to start playing my baseball the way I like to play my baseball. You know, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old school, and I try to add new school to it. You know, you got to do that nowadays with these millennials. But I cater to them. <laughs> A little bit, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a big hard nose. You know, you got to work hard and, 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 you know, grind, you know. And if they do that, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll compete. We'll compete. If you go play me, they'll always know that you, they're going to be well coached and they're going to compete. Um, my yeah, guys, They're going to have to beat you. Exactly. They're, my guys will never fold. My guys are going to grind. And my guys going to play baseball the right way. That, that's great, man. And, uh, you know, we wish you the best of luck. We know you're going to do great here, great, great things. And, you know, we're we're cheering for you, man. And you're welcome on the podcast anytime. Anytime, man. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. But this has been Diamond Dreams Miami Up and In, Episode 7. Seven in the books, Abandito. Check us out, you know, on all the platforms and write to us. Let us know what you think. See you next week.